I would like, if I may, to take you on a strange journey. To explore strange new worlds. To seek out new life and new civilizations. To boldly go where no man has gone before. Others lock up your sons. The fangirls are busting out all over. It's Fangirl Radio. Fangirl Radio. And welcome to the latest and greatest episode of the Fangirl Radio Show. I'm your host, Jessica Dwyer. And with me tonight, as always, are my compatriots in crime, Rachel Moore. Good evening. And the lovely Ren Willocks. Hello. And um, we all survived what some call Gray Thursday, what I call Black Thursday, and um, Black Friday as well. I did Cyber Monday. Yeah, Rachel did Cyber Monday, which isn't nearly as ballsy. It might be not as ballsy, but it's just as awesome without having to interact with people at all. No, but the fun of it, the challenge, the survival instinct isn't kicked in because there's not as much threat. And yeah, uh, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't look at shopping the same way. I'm pretty sure. No, it's 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 like coming out like a winner. Like you're 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 like a predator holding that severed head with the spine attached, going as you hold that comforter that you found and got for fifteen bucks. I went um, antiquing. I don't need. There's like, you know, you might get in a little bit of a bidding war, but that's about it. Uh, see, it's just not the same. Yeah, I went to Walmart and I snagged like Blu-rays and Monster High dolls for my godchildren. And- you know what would be really bad is if you mixed the two of those. So if you came in with the Predator Instinct to a, an antique fitting. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes you got it though. You know? that, would, that would be it's, awesome. It's not like when, when you go antiquing, there's not like... 80 of something and it's who get there's one thing and mm-hmm. when you look over that one thing and you see the eyes of that little old lady who has to have it too man yep. you take that to... walker and you hit her on the head and you <laughs> grab whatever you're wanting and you take off i mean that's what you do you're a bad person jessica i am a bad person um but this uh all this talk of shopping for christmas it leads into what our show is about tonight our second half is going to be um our picks for gift getting for the geek in your life um and for that fanboy and girl that you have to shop for we're going to go over our picks of places and things to get for them um this year for uh christmas so it's going to be great it's going to be fun and um we're going to make you spend a lot of money most likely um and that being said, uh, I have a lot to talk about in Week in Geek. And one thing, I, I it's just randomly I discovered today, and it's probably been up there for a while, but as, a, as I'm married to a classic gamer nut, and I am a classic gamer nut, I had to bring up the fact that um, way back in the days of early 80s um, uh, game playing and computer games, there was a game called Alternate Reality, which has like a complete cult built around it now. And, and it's just a deep immersive RPG for the time and apparently 
someone has made uh, the version of the dungeon and the city, uh, alternate reality to the dungeon, alternate reality to the city, you can get it on iTunes for the iPad and the iPhone for 99 cents a piece. And it's recreated completely, all the music lovingly redone. And uh, it's 99 cents each. And um, I have people that I was reading about, they were saying that, yeah, I play Skyrim, but this is still so much fun. So that gives you an idea of the depth of this game and how much people love it. Um, so I just had to bring that up. If, you, if you're if you a fan and you have an iPad or an iPhone or an iPad mini now, um, you can get this sucker for a, a buck. And there's like a ton of other classic games out there on the iPad, uh, iTunes store for you too. I mean, I found like a, the, a redo of the Rocky Horror computer game that was made. I found that too. Wow. So, yeah, emulated completely, music and all. I mean, it's great. If they so, ever did Dark Castle, if they ever did Dark Castle, which was an old Mac game, um, <clears throat> I'd be all might, over that. My brother, be, and yeah. I, my brother and I still make all the sounds. Whenever we get together, he'll be he'll be like the little goblin guys, and I'll go, bah, bah, the birds. It's, it's genius. Wow. It's classic game. <laughs> you know, I think I actually saw it. It may be out there, dude. It, it very well may be because there's like this whole movement of having those out because they're tiny files. So keep an eye out when you have a chance. Go look at the iTunes store and um, and just go and look and see what you can find because you would you'd fall over. They they made a Manos the Hands of Fate video game mm-hmm. based off of Nintendo uh, setup and it looks awesome. So anyway, I just had to bring that up tonight. Um, one thing I wanted to uh, to address. Uh, is the fact that this week uh, they leaked the um, synopsis for Star Trek Into the Darkness. And now, the uh, as, as we've never had it confirmed that Benedict Cumberbatch is playing Khan, now the rumor, and it could very well be the case, and I would be alright with this because I love this character, is that he's playing Gary Mitchell. And if you don't know who the character of Gary Mitchell is, he's the really good-looking, glowy-eyed guy that got the powers of a god and uh, oh. i believe the episode was where no man has no where no man has gone before i think that might be the episode name trekkies will go out there and they'll kill me if i've got that wrong but um he and uh the uh, sally kellerman actually was <clears throat> the other character who got the powers of a goddess and uh it sounds like with what happened so that they say he's a one-man destruction force destructive force would make sense if that's who it is, and, yeah, but uh, that and doesn't that doesn't necessarily rule out Khan because Khan it was, a, was a genetically engineered super guy too. Right. Well, but they say that this guy was part of Starfleet, and oh. so it was Gary Mitchell. And so uh, <laughs> here's what this kind of leads into the other part of uh, what I wanted to talk about in the Weekend Geek is that they just announced today that we will be getting for those going to the IMAX midnight showing of The Hobbit. We um, this I think was previously announced that they're going to be showing nine minutes of Star Trek at the beginning. Um, but they're also going to be giving away four posters uh, at the midnight release, uh, and they're going to be all four at once. You get all four when you go, and that was just my question. I wanted to know abs- if you only got one or got all four. No, you get all four, and they're absolutely gorgeous. And uh, there's uh, Bilbo, Gandalf. Thorin and um, Gollum. And they look like they're coming off the paper. They're coming out of the words and it has Elvish script at the bottom. Looks absolutely gorgeous. Really, really pretty. Uh, so 
just be aware that if you're going, make sure you get that. I think the only way you're going to get them is if you go to the IMAX screening, though. And the IMAX midnight. midnight. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Midnight IMAX. Yeah. Um, the other thing I wanted to talk about is uh, the fact that there is a rumor running rampant now, and it has been, I've read four different things at this moment saying, yes, it's true. No, it's not. Yes, it's true. No, it's not. Yes, it's true. Joseph Gordon-Levitt is going to be Batman in the um, Justice League movie. <laughs> and I, I, I think that's great. It's a great way to lead into it. There's also this big rampant rumor that he's going to do a cameo in um at the end of um man of steel to tie it all in which you know they're trying to desperately to have the avengers yeah so um i'm okay with that though i i think he would make a great batman i don't what what do you have against him as batman he okay okay i say this with all the love in the world i love that guy he is too small Really? Because you've yeah. seen Christian Bale and how he can he can bulk up and how itty-bitty he really is. Joseph Gordon-Levitt can't gain 12 inches. <laughs> I mean, he's, he, is, he is shorter. That isn't really my problem with him as Batman. I think if we look at him as a rebooted Batman, um, coming from the storyline we just saw led into, or he's not original Batman, that works for me. But... Um, you know, one of the things that I really thought when I saw the end of the Batman movie was, oh my gosh, he would be a perfect Nightwing. Yeah. And so, but I guess in a way, Batman always hoped that Nightwing would take over from him. So I, I think as long as they don't, ex- you know, it doesn't look like they're going from canon. And so, you know, it's superheroes. They can do what they want. But as long as they're not trying to make him Bruce Wayne, I'm fine with I, him being Batman. I, I don't think that's what they're doing at all. I think they're right, wanting to right. tie it in with that. And and I would be completely fine with that. That's that's fine. Um, and I am curious to see if this is actually true or not. I think it would be great if it was. Um, I did want to speak briefly about Walking Dead and Once Upon a Time um, because we are getting to where the uh, these are going to be our, our mid-season coming up this weekend after this episode airs. is going to be the mid-season finales. And uh, I, uh, I, uh, I know Rachel's got something she wants to talk about as well. Um, but I wanted to talk about these briefly. And uh, Walking Dead, oh man, it's leading up to one hell of a... Uh, a, fina- a mid-season finale, if not a finale. I mean, my God. Uh, now, Ren, did you watch that? I did. I finally caught up on Walking Dead. Yay! <laughs> Yay! But I, I, I feel bad because uh, now that I've seen them all, like I can't share in, in quite the level of fervor because it's the show is kind of starting to piss me off. Well, and, and they've actually... Um, they have actually announced that they are casting one of the characters. They've already cast the guy um, to play Tyrese uh, in the show uh, from the comic book. Now, I don't know if it's going to end up being like what happens in the comic. I don't know if he's got his kids, uh, his daughter with him and her boyfriend or what. But they have cast the character. So he will be coming up later this season. But I absolutely love the showdown. They're getting ready to start up. I, uh, I, I actually wrote a review about the episode and... Um, I really loved the music at the end. I thought it was a, if, if it wasn't a nod to Dawn of the Dead, the damn it was a very good, uh, uh, you know, happenstance that that was what it sounded like because it no, really it did good. remind me of that. And um, I really enjoyed that 
moment where the governor asks Merle, whose side are you going to be on? Because there's hesitation. And I think that it's going to lead to either, as I've said for the past couple of episodes, I think Merle's going to go down trying to keep Daryl safe from the governor, or it's going to be um, the governor being the emperor in this case, and Merle and Daryl go into blows. And it's going to be I have a prediction about epic. Merle. Merle loses his other hand. <laughs> if that happens, I'm going to laugh my butt off. I was going to be hilarious. I, I, I'm definitely still watching every episode. It definitely is good enough for me to want to follow, and that's rare because there's a lot. There's a lot less shows I follow these days. But it's it's lost its shine. It's lost its luster for me because every episode there is just something so dumb, like. I mean, they're just trying so hard to get from point A to point B that in between they'll they'll do something that's just dumb that like doesn't make any sense or like like really easy writing stuff where you know somebody's running away and suddenly they're really far or or I don't I remember what it was so so Michonne walks out right she walks out broad daylight the next scene is at night with the whole you know uh, zombie circle and the Fight Club so nights obviously passed. The, ne- the following day, so it's daylight again when they go looking for her. And they find her in, like, no time at all. She well, you don't, know how, you, don't actually know, you don't actually know how much time has passed there. Okay, she, but, couldn't have uh, gotten, she couldn't have gotten that far either because it was at night. So, I mean, that but, makes uh, sense to me. That, she, can that isn't any, a, she can go any direction in 360 degrees and they know exactly which direction to go to find her in. I just found that really stupid. Well, you, it's called story you can't you know they've got (laughs) they've got to have this happen because there won't be any story there i can only suspend my disbelief so far that towed the line for me i was watching that and i looked at my boyfriend i was like they seriously found her like she's had a whole day to go wherever the heck she wanted well and you also have to remember too that he's merle he is daryl's brother they track Yes, they didn't show him tracking. Like, how hard would that have been to have him in one but tiny they've got, spot? They, they packed the a ground. ton of stuff in that episode. I guess. I, mean, I don't know. They, it's it's little things. It's not big things. It's definitely little things that are bugging me. So I'm, I haven't jumped the ship at all yet. But You have to you have to give props, though, to Stephen Young for that. Yes. For that yes. stuff he with Glenn. Yeah. He was magnificent. And, and that was just awesome to see him grow like that and become a badass. I mean, I really, really enjoyed that. So, Walking Dead, keep it up. I can't wait to see what happens this weekend. Um, you know it's going to be big because I haven't gotten my preview of the episode. They don't do that <laughs> if there's something big going to happen. Which makes me sad. Um, but Once Upon a Time. Once hmm. Upon a Time is I'm having doubts on some of the stuff they're doing. I think part of that problem is the fact that I love the show for not the main characters. It's another Buffy. Well, I think and it's hard because we want more rumple and there's not enough rumple and there's not enough hook. And I'm just putting that up there. Well, it's not just that. It's it's like I love secondary characters and I like I love Belle. I love um I love Red. I love uh Dr. Frankenstein and I love all of that stuff but to me Emma just I cannot relate to that character she still comes off as a bitch and I like her uh, good for you not that's as fine. not as much as I like uh, Regina but I like uh, yeah her. I that's the other character that they're is developing I, Regina really well I think 
I, I think it's going to be great when Cora finally shows up and they have to deal with all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just can't relate to Emma. She still comes off as harsh and abrasive and not likable. And that's sad, but true. I mean, that's why I'm like, you know what, Hook, do what you want with her. Because she really is a bitch. <laughs> oh, I, I like her. I think she's and, tough. I like, I like that. Well, you can be tough. Like, I like Snow. Snow's I mean, tough. It's, you, but it's but she comes opinion. off as likable. I mean, don't, they've they've got her written so harshly. Well, I think it's just a matter of opinion. I wouldn't like her written a different way. I think it's just, you know, what we prefer. And I think the great thing about a show like that is that they have a good rounded cast where there really is something for everyone. So, like, I don't, I wouldn't like this show as much without her character. But I think that she's balanced out by Regina, who... In, is written like the nice girl, but it's the evil queen. And then we have kind of the bitch who's the, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have said bitch. But um, <laughs> I've said bitch. <laughs> I said okay. Who's, uh, I was going to say, Rachel, you're so nice. Just tell her she's wrong. Jay, <laughs> you're wrong. The thing is, I, it's because it, to me, it's not an argument because I think there are just different. <laughs> They're just different matters of taste, and so I think Everything's this is kicking me off, and this is probably going to lead into something else that Jess wants to talk about. But it kind of ticks me off where right now in fandom and in and uh, yeah, in fandom in general, there's kind of this thing where like if you don't like all the things, um, you're you suck, or if you like something different than me, you suck. And I see this; it's been happening a lot more on Tumblr where. It's okay. People get in trouble because they like all the different incarnations of Sherlock or they only have one that they like and Mm -hmm. people get come down on them. And I'm like, it's a matter of what you like, you know, and I think people get really pissy about it. And so that's something that I think we're good at at Fangirls. We're all very different, but um, we are all fans. And I think that Once Upon a Time is a great show for people who are diverse like that because there is something for everyone. There's your Rumple and there's your Charming. And, you know, girls who like Rumple are not going to like Charming as much <laughs> vice versa. It's just how it is. And it's well, okay. And, and, well, and that's, that was the one thing that kind of, like, bugged me this episode, too. Is, uh, and not, it's not that I don't like Charming. I actually, I actually like Josh He's Dallas. Adorable. He's adorable. <laughs> um, I, but it's like, oh, you give me a break. Now we got to save him. Now we got to save this. Oh my God, what else can we do? I mean, how many of the family are going to be put in a coma? But you know what? Right? But that part of the problem is the way that America does, and I like it because we go through withdrawals. I mean, if you look at what what's happening with certain fandoms who like British shows, and the British season is so short, the series are sometimes three to eleven shows. Whereas when you're in America, you're looking at twenty-two to forty-four shows a season. And forty-four in a season. There have been shows that do forty-four in a season, and mostly so, they're, they're freaking Dancing with the Stars or American Idol, which is crap like that. But the thing is that. It, it means that instead of telling a concise, really well-thought-out story, they're like, oh, crap, we have, like, six episodes we have to fill. <laughs> we got to cram! Yeah, Charming gets to be saved now, and that's how we'll get our kind of feminist message in there, and we'll get, you know... Though so sometimes, like in the case of shows sort of like Being Human, it's, oh, crap, we only have enough money for three episodes, but we have to make six. Right, right, right. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, um, and Rachel, I know, uh, speaking of, of British things, I, I wanted to give you 
your moment to talk about the thing that made us both pee ourselves today. Okay, so I heard this about four or five days ago, so this is probably old news, but they just released a photo today, so I'm really excited, and today we record on Wednesday, so um, you may or may not know that Neil Gaiman's Neverwhere is being done as a radio play on the BBC, and the cast is phenomenal. It's James McAvoy as Richard, Natalie Dormer as Dor, um, you have uh, Anthony Head playing Croup, and if you know you know how great it is that he's going to do those lines and um, Benedict Cumberbatch is in there as the um, Angel Eilington and there's all these great things Andrew Sachs is Thule if you know who Andrew Sachs is from Salty but what we have hey stop don't take don't, don't steal my thunder bitch. <laughs> <laughs> on your ass so here's what it is um, Neil Gaiman is having a fanboy squee because Christopher Lee is reading his um, lines. He's the Earl of Earl's Court, which is going to be a completely different take on Earl of Earl's Court than's been done in any incarnation of Neverwhere, and um, it's just so exciting. And Christopher Lee and Neil Gaiman and Benedict Cumberbatch and James McAvoy and Rachel's going to need some some every cows. Oh no! It's <laughs> <laughs> <Eastman> ovaries. <laughs> Copy that vulgar. <laughs> I need every the every version of this that's going to be released in every language that it's going to be released in all the times. Why can't they film this? Well, there's already a Neverwhere film. I mean, Neverwhere. I, I know there's a miniseries, but but and and the guy is cute as a button that is the lead, and he looks like Paul McCartney because he played Paul McCartney twice. But why can't they film this? Um, I don't know, but. <laughs> But I'm enjoying the fact that it's a radio play because the beauty to me of Neverwhere is really the prose. And um, it's a beautifully written book. I have the Neil Gaiman audio CD set that I got for Christmas from some dear friends a few years ago. That's like 15,000 more words than the book. And I'm, I don't know which one. So <laughs> that's my excitement. So, yes, and I was very excited as well. Uh, that, that is awesome. And Christopher Lee can read a phone book. And I'll buy it. That's <laughs> basically. And this is going to be free to listen to online via the BBC iPlayer. So it will, it will be, yes. Yes. And the radio shows are not limited to country. So we can listen to this here in the States. Nice. Yeah. Um, so one thing I wanted to get to tonight, I wanted to bring this up before we get into our Christmas shopping. Because there is something that, that just started going, making the rounds Today and this is where Jessica gets into trouble, probably. Um, but I, it's kind of a, it's kind of an it's kind of an editorial thing that I wanted to talk about. And so what happened was there is a uh, blog entry that James Gunn wrote, um, probably close to two years ago or something. Um, that was they actually had to dig it up via Google caching. They had to find it like that because it was so long ago. And the um, entry was this goofy, goofy-ass thing called uh, 50 Superheroes That You Want to Have Sex With. Now, James Gunn, if you don't know who he is, is the man who wrote and directed Slither. He's um, wrote and directed Super. He wrote and directed and starred in um, the specials. He actually wrote Scooby-Doo, Lollipop Chainsaw. Scooby Doo too. He, I think he was actually in that. Um, he he's worked in a lot of stuff. He's friends with people like Joss Whedon and um, Nathan Fillion because he's worked with him on a, a 
few things. Um, he's got a brother that writes for Bill Maher's um, uh, Bill Maher show on HBO. And he's got a brother who's an actor. I mean, they're they're from St. Louis, Missouri. He's really, really nice, really um, cool guy, very smart, very talented. He also directed and wrote uh, the Dawn of the Dead remake. So there's who James Gunn is. And he's also a big geek. And uh, that's part of the reason why him and Fillion are buds is because they both are big old geeks. So he wrote this thing, and within the it's basically frat humor. This whole thing was one big frat humor piece. For God's sake, it's called 50 Superheroes You Want to Have Sex With. And he he uses, like, it's vulgar, it's it's overt, and it's, it's, it's just plain old frat humor a la Kevin Smith, right? So someone dug this out. There's no way you would ever take this seriously at all. I, at least to me, uh, knowing who he is, the guy used to work for Troma. He makes PG porn, these little mini sewed things that you can watch on, on online. And I mean, it's just, that's, that's the kind of humor that he comes from. And what has happened now is this has come out and people are just trying to make a big old freaking stink about it. How he's a homophobe. It's slut bashing. It's all of this stuff. He supports rape kind of crap now if you know the guy's work and if you know who he is if you know anything about him you know that's crap and i i i guess we've i was talking to a friend of mine on twitter about this and i'm trying to fathom what why is this we're we're wanting to crucify this guy for something he wrote two years ago that's obviously just a really bad frat joke potty humor piece and well and let me finish uh what and then i'm more than happy to hear what you guys have to say but the the thing is it seems like we are living in a world now where people are so sensitive and all ready to jump on someone over the littlest things and some you know and and I, i granted if this isn't your kind of humor that's fine um, we live in a genre world where we have shows, and this is one of my points I made online, was where I watched something called Black Butler, where a little boy is pawed on and cooed over by a very, much older man, and sometimes he's dressed as a little girl. And that's accepted. Now, I know people who will judge me for watching this show and enjoying it. I know what it is. It doesn't make me a pervert. It doesn't make me a freak of nature or whatever, depending upon your point of view, that I like Black Butler. But that's going to be a sensitive issue with people when they finally figure out, oh, that little boy's being pawed on by an older guy. He's underage. He's being dressed like a freaking girl. So here's this just flat out ridiculous piece of blog that is causing this wave. We live in a world now where satire and, and humor is being confused with reality. I mean, this is something that happened with the Colbert Report at one time by conservatives who thought he was tr- for real. We live in a world now where North Korea thinks that, yeah, we think Kim Jong-il is the sexiest man alive. And they picked up that thing and ran with it over, over in seas in, in a newspaper. So now we're taking something that James Gunn wrote two years ago that's obviously 
you know, a, a, a big, horrible, crappy, you know, frat joke of a piece and applying it to him because now he's going to be directing Guardians of the Galaxy that's part of the Marvel Universe and asking him for an apology for this thing that he wrote two years ago and asking Disney to reconsider who they've got for this, this uh, directing job because of a stupid joke. I, I don't understand why this is such a big deal to people. Uh, I understand if it's not your kind of humor, don't read it. But it really is just a joke. It was a, a, a frat joke. And it's, it's satire and humor. And, um, you know, I don't think that guys like Joss Whedon, who is super, super uber non-homophobe, would be friends with a guy and actually tell, say, we, I, I think you guys should hire him to do Guardians of the Galaxy if he thought that this man was a horrible person, which is what they're painting him as. Oh, so, Jay, I have so many problems with your argument. But that's, <laughs> but that's, have you read the piece? Um, no, but I read something else. I mean, I, I, the funny thing is, I don't disagree with you on the whole, really. I just, I'm having trouble siding with the argument that you're making. Um, I, I mean, I too think that uh, PC can go way, way, way too far. And I probably shouldn't name names, but uh, the website that kind of brought this up. Should I not name the website that brought this up? Nah. I, I, nah. Okay. It's, so, it's making the rounds everywhere. I mean, there's not okay. one specific website. They're everywhere. No. It's, it's picking up on it. No, but, the, the, you know, there's one that would kind of champion championing it. And you must also understand what their particular leanings are to kind of understand why it's such a big well, and deal. I, for and I, I get that. But at the same time, it's like... Well, but here's, here's, my, here's the root of my problem with your argument. Is that you're trying to say that why are they making such a big deal out of this? It was a joke. And on the one hand, sure, fine, yeah, the piece was some frat humor. And, and that's free speech. And you can't have any... There's, there's really nothing you can say about that. All you can do is just judge the person. The other thing that a lot of people are com commenting about is not just the piece that he wrote, but then also the comments that he made on the piece, interacting with those other individuals commenting on it. And there are some quotes of his comments that are not part of the piece itself, that are clearly his own opinions and his own statements, that reflect on what people are extrapolating then are his views of certain types of women. And again, he's a person. We're all people with incredibly diverse views on incredibly diverse topics. And whilst we may make crass jokes in one particular area, that doesn't color the rest of our character as, as, as you know, being crass all the way across. So I do still side with you that this is not an accurate reflection of the man as a whole. I think the questions that people are asking is, if this is a peek, if this is a glimpse into this individual's um, into some of this individual's opinions on certain types of women. Is this the kind of person that would accurately portray uh, some people in a comic in a comic movie that's going to be watched by many, 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 many children? Now, again, I think that's a reactionary question because <laughs> just because a just because a filmmaker can hold certain opinions um, doesn't mean they're incapable of. Uh, not blocking off those influences, you know what I mean? We're, we're all capable of, those of us who are creators are capable of creating something and casting a certain light on it, which means removing some of our other influences and not casting light on those. So, 
I uh, I side with you on the whole that I think this isn't as big of a, of a, a deal as people are making of it. But I don't agree with you that that the only argument is just that he was joking. I think it's that this is one instance on on one article, and maybe he makes too many easy jokes about women. But we all make easy jokes about stuff we shouldn't make easy jokes about. I joke about stupid people a lot, like I do. I hate them. But <laughs> well, you know. What's funny about this whole thing, though, is not the fact that I'm trying to defend James Gunn. I, I, I like the guy. I, I don't have a problem with him at all. I've met him. I've interviewed him. He's really nice. I, I, I don't have, you know, the thing that I can't get over is just the, the way things are going now with people just jumping to, to just level 11. Agreed. With their reactions to this stuff. Here's the weird thing to me. They jumped to level 11 so late. It's two years later. And, yeah. I, and I'm and i kind of, I, I it, this whole thing is one of those situations that's put me, puts me in a weird spot because I'm not really about censorship. But I do think that if you put, if you put creative things out there, whether it's comedy or not, whether it's tongue in cheek or not, it is, you put it out there and it is just as much your right, the right of people to question it and to say, hey, do we want to be talking like this as much as it is for you to put it out there? And I think that that dialogue can be important, especially when you're talking about, and I did read the article. I read it when it was first out. As a matter of fact, I didn't know there was a hubbub until you said anything. So I, I've been kind of reading back and forth and I think there's a lot of missing the point. I think that asking the questions is not a problem. It's asking the questions. Should we be, should we be referring to people this way? Even if we're joking, should we be doing these things? And then jumping to, you made something that we consider a mistake, so we don't think you should make creative things anymore. And that's exactly. a different thing because maybe he made some poor choices. I'm not saying whether he did or didn't because I really don't want to get into that argument. Maybe he did. And it is possible for smart, intelligent, creative people to say things that maybe they shouldn't have and then to maybe continue to defend them. Um, and it's possible that people overreact. All those things are possible. But to the dialogue is one thing the jumping to the conclusion of since he wrote something for adults that we think is in poor taste and bad, we're going to assume that he's going to put those things into a children's movie. Exactly. And that to me is quite a logical and, jump. Yeah. Well, yeah. It, but if you've seen Scooby-Doo, I that mean, that wasn't made for kids either, but it was, it wasn't, it wasn't, he's very, it's just like Shrek. It was very good at catering to both. And, I, I just, I, you know, I have a, a problem with the way people are now so super sensitive with everything. Like, he's not, say, like these crazy men who really believe that rape was God's will kind of thing. That's, but I think, but that's I think not where we're going, Jay. But that's where people so are going. But the thing is, those men are out there and perpetuating some of those things. I don't have a problem with people questioning because when I originally read it I was like oh my gosh I, that's it for me and I but the, you know I also don't I don't watch a lot of movies that he does because just like Kevin Smith it pushes what I think is in good taste or in good ethics or whatever but I don't say you can't watch that because I don't like it and I think that's that's my struggle here is I don't have a problem with questioning the article because I was like, mm, I don't know that I want that out in the world. But at the same time, it is his prerogative in this country to say what he wants 
um, even if I find it disgusting. And that's yeah, true. It, take it the one step further, which is that understanding that he has every right in the world to say exactly what he wants to say, do, uh, do we want then, upon judging this person's words, the words that he puts out in those worlds, in this world, is he the right one to make this film? Now, that's a stupid question. Well, even while I'm saying it, it's a stupid question, but it's the question they're asking, and what do you think is the answer? He's got free speech, but what do you think? Because that's what they're saying. Is, well, assuming that is anybody clearly- who writes a children's story is a good person. If you know Roald yeah. Dahl and what the big, <laughs> the big friendly giant was originally about, Roald Dahl benefited from a really great editor who made his stories palatable for children. He wrote yeah. twisted, pornographic material, and that's just how it is. Is he, is he one of my favorite children's authors? Absolutely. Is it because of his personal? No, it's because between his creativity and a really good editor, he could put something out. And so I think the idea that like some kind of magical Mary Poppins creature writes our Hollywood movies for children (laughs) is kind of absurd. And so my, my problem with this whole conversation is something different than did he write? Because I think that is being extensively debated on the internet where, you know, people who enjoy debating those things go but but like when we're talking about creative impetus i don't think that a necessarily equals b now if you don't want to bring your children to that because you're afraid of those things that's your choice as a parent Mm -hmm. but you don't get to choose who puts stuff out there right and and like i said my my whole problem with this whole thing uh, these are all great points my hope my my point is i feel like we've gotten to this place in society right now where everyone is so ready to jump because of the political climate and things that have happened now that we are just so ready to pounce and be pissed off at everything that it just seems like everything gets blown out of proportion anymore to the point that, um, you know, it's weird for me to be the one to say this because usually I'm misreactionary, but I'm like, really? This is what you're going to be pissed about. You're going to put this man up uh, because of a stupid, what to, to me is just a stupid frat article. And it just got blown out of control. And now it's like all over Twitter and all over Facebook and all over the Internet. But, See, and I, but the thing is, Jessica, that you, first of all, the Internet blows up and because everybody Everything. has an opinion. But at the same time, to play devil's advocate for a moment as somebody who does a a lot of um, advocacy and I'm really activist, I I have a problem with saying it's just a frat article. Yes, to you and other people who read it who are intelligent. But then we have these horrible things that happen at fraternities where people (laughs) who don't, who aren't in on the joke do horrible things. You know what I'm saying? Right. So I understand. I don't, I don't think that there's any problem with the dialogue. I think it goes, it's weird how it goes viral because it's been out there, like you said, for forever. But I, I, I think it's just one of those, those things where you just have to go. All right. Obviously, stupid people are everywhere. And see, this this is, I was going to say, this is all circles back to Ren's comment of it's stupid people. (laughs) 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 They're the problem. (laughs) Stupid people are the problem. I don't know. I I mean, I think I I think I maybe take. I mean, as much as I was just previously defending the guy, like I I found what I did read of his comments on that article. I frankly did find them a bit sexist, and that's actually why I kind of took the opposite stance as you, Jay, because I totally was expecting you to be on the other side, way on the other side of that fence. Mm. Um, but frankly, what I read, I found 
quite objectionable. And, uh, you know, I, I only have what I read to base my opinion on. And so I, I make sure that I, you know, you accept, firstly, this is a very, 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 very small sliver of the man. But that small sliver, don't really like it. Um, so I, I don't think that there is no argument here. I think that the argument should be tempered with wisdom and understanding and a little bit of not stupidity. Um, but there is an argument here, which is that some of the things he said on there, you know, not only do you have what, what Rachel just said, which is that some of the people who aren't in on the joke, the frat boys who think, oh, well, that's definitely how we treat women. There's also the other side. I mean, one of the comments he was saying about a character, a DC character named Stephanie Brown, who I know nothing about, but his comment is, being a teen mom and all, you know she's easy. Go for it. I mean, sure, fine, yay, chuckle, but a teen mom reads that and feels a little bit more like crap. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, and this is this is where I go back to the whole, it's sort of, it's humor that has been around forever. I mean... It's true. It's been around forever, yeah. but you know what else was around forever? Slavery. We did away with that. <laughs> That's a horrible allegory. This is true. This is true. I mean, that's what Jay, what Rachel was saying is, you know, this, this, um, I don't, you know what, I lost my train of thought. There was something Rachel said that connected that dot, but you're right. This always has existed. It likely will always exist in some state, but you can only change society through dialogue. And so some people do want to talk about this because if you just ignore it, then nothing ever changes. There are some people in society who will not ever change, and these certain threads of opinions about women will never cease, but you can make it uh, um, get smaller by talking about it. And so I'm on the I'm on the side of, yeah, I would kind of probably well, tweet about that a bit, but I would not go so far as to say this man is a horrible man just well, from that. Well, I, I right, find right. it amusing, though, that, that this... The, the genre that we're, this is all taking place in, the, the, the comic book world, where we draw women <laughs> like they, there's no way this woman could walk with well, the way she's that, that, out. That's, and, and, and that's that, right. I understand that, you know, I'm just, yeah. you know, and I think that what you're, I think it's important for you to bring that up is, we we read something and we get in it happens all the time on facebook where i see someone post something and they're all mad about it and like that's the onion sweetie like calm. yeah <laughs> yeah yeah no doubt i mean and that that's that's part of this too it doesn't make it all okay it's a, it tells yeah. me yes there you know we should be dialoguing about these things and i don't want to but yeah it is kind of crazy how it goes up on buzzfeed or it goes up on one of these and it wasn't on buzzfeed but it goes up on one of these things and all of a sudden it's on every site everybody's upset and we're like well are what are you upset about and why and you know i i I, I, I think it's a good discussion it's a good talking point my and i'm not i'm not really defending him in terms of the stuff that he said but it's to me it's funny that they're picking him out of the barrel of people that do this kind of stuff and talk right. about this kind of stuff something and, on cracks or something recent and you know it's it's something that's not even i don't even think it's a posted article anymore is it like it's it's not no they had to dig it up via google yeah. caching yeah like so somebody, it, did, somebody or they remembered it from a while back and then they said hey He's going to direct such and such. This is a good time to bring up whatever. Yeah. You know, it, I, I, it's just one of those things. And, I, and we've, we've went over on our time for it. But I, 
I, I just find it a good, it's a good discussion too. I mean, this is stuff that we should talk about and it's a kind of a, a standard of you, you accept that we have characters drawn like this. You accept we have things that we watch like Black Butler, which is, you know, really in a way very inappropriate, but we watch it because we love it and it's okay. But then you've got, when he talks this way about Thanes, you don't like it. I, I, I'm, I, it's sort of a weird, in a way, kind of a double standard. And and, yes, and, and it happens I, at all these the, the, magazines like ours, you know, where people, where do we draw, draw our lines? And it's a thing that I think we struggle with as fans and as females and people, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's just very strange. So anyway, I, I wanted to bring that up because I felt it was something that we could talk about. And obviously, we all have our opinion on it. And we sort of all agree. Um, so <laughs> in our weird little fangirl way. <laughs> in our yeah. weird little way, I think we do. And um, that's why we're all, um, we're fangirls. Ha, ha, ha. Um, so with that being said, let's get to something much more joyful. And that, and that Yay! is uh, holidays. Consumerism. Consumerism. We are now the Dawn of the Dead, speaking of. Um, so let's start with Rin. What do, do you have anything for the shopping? I of- do. And this is oh. a good one, too, because this is currently on sale and will still be on sale on Thursday night. So anybody listening who knows or is a gigantic Lord of the Rings fan, I bought this for myself because I could not pass it up. Best Buy has the uh, entire extended edition on Blu-ray, so all three movies extended edition, plus an extra disc for each film, more than you got in the DVD extended edition, uh, half off, $49.99, which is a massive deal. Massive deal. So it's in a pretty gold box, which I like a lot. But I like my DVD boxes ever so slightly more, and I'm considering actually just swapping out the discs and <laughs> the Blu-ray discs in the in the uh, red, green, and red, green, and blue boxes because those are quite quite lovely. But the gold boxes is, is is really nice too. So, um, yeah, that's my first one. Are we going to go round robin, or should I just give my whole list? Um, let's do round robin. Around. I think that'll be, yes. yeah. I think we'll do that. Um, so, um, Rachel, you are next. Oh, well, see, I, I did something weird because I, I put together my, the, uh, I shopped from Etsy because I'm all about buy local. And if you can't buy local, at least support like an independent artist. And I I have five shops and they're all, they're price stepped. So my first one, since we're going round robin, is um, Bubble and Geek on Etsy. If you, if you search for Bubble and Geek. It's a great little um, shop that does bath and body and candles. And I actually just got some soy wax tarts from them that I adore. And for Christmas, my pick from their shop is their butterbeer. Anything butterbeer. It smells exactly how I expected it to smell. It's kind of buttery, (laughs) a little caramely. And I have the soy wax tart. And she also makes it in lip balm. And um, And upstairs, I have Burning Winter is Coming which is a vanilla mint. And she has a bunch of geek nods. She has one that's like a vanilla custard sans um, fish fingers. And she oh, has some right. They're about two fifty a tart. So it is not, um, it's a great stocking stuffer. It's not going to break the bank. And she has lip balms on there and little candles. So that's my first one. And uh, so I'm going to go with like probably the most expensive on my list. Um, first, <laughs> um, dogheadstudios.com. 
you go there and go to the werewolf puppies section. You can have your own customized werewolf puppy baby. For $500, they will make it to your specifications. They're um, like a a latex almost like a, a rubber so they're uber realistic they are adorable they look like a living werewolf baby and uh you can oh they're gorgeous and you can tell them what color of hair they're all they will be customized handmade for you what eyes you want and all that good stuff and once you see them you will go five hundred dollars is is actually an amazing price for them and they come with i believe those actually also come with a emergency silver bullet just in oh, case God. and so dogheadstudios.com they have a werewolf puppy section you can customize it you can adopt your own little werewolf puppy baby that is so creepy <laughs> it's awesome they're adorable oh man <laughs> Okay, the second thing on my list is kind of a uh, is kind of a DIY. Um, so it's a good gift either for or from a person who likes to make things. It's kind of a make thing. Um, I had to go through this myself, and I thought if anybody isn't aware, this is a nice little this is a nice little cheaper workaround. I have an Xbox 360, but I got the newer one, the slim version, and the hard drives for those, the newer ones, are like two to three times more expensive than hard drives for the original Xbox. Um, and if you get the arcade, which is the cheapest Xbox you can buy, it only comes with four gigs of memory. You can barely put like three trailers on there before you've used up your whole hard drive. So the the the, the DIY bit is if you buy an, an, a hard a hard drive from an original Xbox, it they say it won't fit, <laughs> and your store probably won't do this for you unless you find a really awesome game store. Because the honest truth is, all you have to do is unscrew the outer housing for that hard drive bit. It comes in a plastic, nice, smooth casing. Take that casing off. The actual hard drive fits in your slim perfectly, and so you can buy the the hard drive that's two to three times cheaper and put it in your slim. We got a sixty gig, and now we're you know we've got Skyrim installed and Oblivion installed, and, and so the hard drives are nice because then your your Xbox runs quieter and cooler because your disc isn't spinning the entire time you're playing. So DIY hard drive, go for it. Nice, Rachel. My Next one, and I'm going to be brief so I can get through them. Sarah Wen, S-A-R-A-W-E-N, does custom scents. Uh, she has a bunch of really great Victorian ones. She has some Gothic ones. But my favorite, of course, is her Sherlock scent. Um, Logical Delusion is actually my signature scent, and I wear it every day. But all of her, she has the best Irene Adler um, I've smelled. It's called Scandal in London, and I also wear that. But um, she, she does everything. She does um, things for Anne Rye. She does a little bit of Game of Thrones, and they smell so great. She has an absinthe set, and um, they run between, I would say, 7 and $15, depending on what you're buying. Sometimes some a little more. But, um, yeah. I got the Potion Master and um, uh, based off of Snape and Demon's <sighs> Bane, based off of Dean Winchester for my mm -hmm. husband in his stocking, and this is benefit that he doesn't listen to the show oh, good one Rachel <laughs> so um I'm going to move moving on moving on <laughs> we'll cover that up and edit um so tracygurney.com t-r-a-c-e-y-g-u-r-n-e-y.com has the hello Dixon hello kitty Daryl Dixon doll 
oh my god (laughs) (laughs) and um i met her at a show um at a harem weekend and she told me that if you ever get him to sign the doll he will draw the mole on himself onto the doll they are adorable they're each handmade they have his little crossbow and little fuzz and his hair and the whole bit she also has the actual daryl vest that she will make for you with the angel wings on the back um She's got some great stuff, and she also has Hello Kitty, basically all of the Walking Dead cast. Also, um, I believe she has Hello uh, Kitty, Supernatural, and Doctor Who. Um, But she's got t-shirts and everything, buttons, you name it. TracyGurney.com. Moving on to Ren. How do you spell Gurney? Real quick, how do you spell Gurney? G-U-R-N-E-Y. Gotcha. Okay, so my next gift is for the nerdy person, like me. Um... This is a series that actually, it's, it's, it's not brand new. It's a couple of years old now, and I may have already talked about it because I'm freaking in love with Professor Brian Cox. Um, <laughs> but if you know anybody, this might be a really good gift for a dad who likes to stargaze. There was a, a BBC series called Wonders of the Solar System. I have never seen a better scientific program about space. It was not only, in, I mean, of course, you learned a lot, but it was gorgeous, devastatingly gorgeous. And I learned so much about the solar system. I mean, like, screw second grade. I never knew any of this crap. And it was fantastic. Um, it's, a, it's a really, really excellent top-notch series. I think it's about five or six episodes. Oh, no, it can't be because it's about one each planet, something like that. And on Amazon right now, 10 bucks off, $25 only. And that's the, uh, the, the Region 1 uh, DVD, so you don't have to worry about importing it and getting the wrong region. Totally get that for your person who likes space. I top-notch recommend it. It's awesome. All right, Rachel. All right, I'm just going to put the names out there, and you guys can look up how awesome they are. I've got Mistress Jenny. That's J-E-N-N-I-E. She does charm bracelets of all sorts of geekery. Quasi-style, who does custom sugar skulls, and I'm getting one for Christmas. They're unfreaking believable. And Urban Dow Herbals. Urban Dow T-A-O, herbals, all one word, but um, full disclosure, it's my best friend. She makes a Sherlock Holmes tea that tastes like Benedict Cumberbatch, I'm pretty sure. Mm. (laughs) Wow. Well, I'll get the last three I have, and then, Ren, you can wrap it up with whatever you have left. Um, um, One, one, just a website for those of us who have missed t-shirt days on Shirt Punch and T-Fury and all of that, redbubble.com has everything you've ever missed on on those sites as well as other good stuff you can search by genre or by show movie you will find something there it they have phone cases posters hoodies shirts stickers the stickers are great they're very cheap usually you can get uh deals on the stickers the next one i had is really fast is uh pretty sneaky on etsy Pretty Sneaky, S-N-E-A-K-Y. I just discovered this. Um, They do knitted Converse shoes, hand-done, hand-knitted. They knit, like, the sweater stuff on top of the Converse, Ah. customized. They will do an Ood on one side, a Cyberman on another, Mario. (laughs) They're beautiful. They're spendy but nice, and they're one of a kind. And last but not least... Geek has the iCade 8-bitty wireless game controller for the iPad and iPhone users in your life. It looks like a gamepad. It's Bluetooth. There's no wire, and it works with um, most any iCade type of game. They have a list of the games there. It's on sale right now for $24.99. Rin. 
yours are way better than my last two. <laughs> I did the best one first. The only other two that I thought of was um, if you have somebody who's kind of techy and likes shiny things, Kingston has done a, a series of thumb drives that are very, very small and compact and completely silver shiny. They're freaking gorgeous. Like, I couldn't not buy this because it's all smooth. It's it's entirely one piece. There's no housing. There's just like the metal bit that sticks out of most thumb drives. That's the whole casing. It's gorgeous and it's cheap. It's a nice stocking stuffer. Um, and the last thing is something that I've been trying desperately to talk myself into buying whenever I go to the toy section, which is a lot. I always see there's a uh, there's a uh, Lego container thing. It's just a little foam container with a zipper around the side. It looks just like the Millennium Falcon, like it's shaped like the Millennium Falcon. I want to buy it and use it as a lunchbox. Like that would be the best lunchbox in the world. When you buy it, there's nothing in it because you're meant to house your little Lego characters around the outside edge. But it would fit a sandwich and a banana and a and a pudding cup and like whatever else you want to put in there. Um, it would be like the best lunchbox ever. So. For a kid or for a super hyper nerdy person, perfect gift. Really cheap, too. <laughs> I think I've seen those, too. Um, so there you have it. That is the fangirl list for uh, gift giving this year. Um, pretty good, diverse stuff there. Pretty much, I think we covered everything that you could ever want. We got horror, sci-fi, comic books, geekery, tech, you name it, it's in there. And um, I want to thank everybody for listening tonight. I want to thank my girls for being on with me again. And um, that's why I love you, because you all get along with me and you get my brain. So thank you. <laughs> so thank you. And um, with that, um, that's this episode for this week. Don't forget to tune in on Sunday night for the mid-season finales of The Walking Dead and Once Upon a Time. And don't forget to tune in next week when we're on as well on Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific. Um, and we'll be seeing you. Thanks. This has been Fangirl Radio. <laughs>